One scripture said that the joy of the Lord was the strength, and and certainly uh, you can be sick in body and feel bad and still have joy in your heart. The world don't understand it, Gerald, how you can have that, but you can. You can have problems uh, that you worry about and concerned about, but you can still have joy at the same time. Praise God. And I appreciate uh, the joy of the Lord. Appreciate everybody being here. Look like it's several out for different reasons tonight. But we're glad for what God's doing. Glad for what I felt uh, earlier in the service through the songs and the word, the word of God that uh, manifests itself through song so many times. And we've, uh, we've, we've come to acknowledge that and, and learn that sometimes uh, the best message that was preached that night was the message that the song had in it. Amen. That's sometimes that's where it just happens that way. So I appreciate the Lord tonight and what he's doing what he's planning on and trying to do, you know, uh, God, uh, uh, he, he don't force he don't force things on us. Brother Robert used to say that uh, that he was was a gentleman, a very a gentleman, and uh, uh, but you know what? He gives us opportunities to take advantage of the things that he has for us if we uh, take advantage of those things. It's there if we want it, but we've got we to gotta want it. I want to preach tonight, Lord help us just for a little while. Um, I don't know, don't know exactly. I don't know, maybe I hope the timing's right. Um, I know Ashley puts a lot of the services, can and does on the, whatever you put that on there, I don't know what it is. Anyway, she, she takes and uh, has put on a lot of different messages and, uh, and things. We appreciate doing that. Times, some of the singing, some of the times, uh, services that probably older than some people that's here that happened a long time ago. In Psalms 85, verse 6, all that I'm reading you tonight. You know, I, I've never discovered a new verse in the Bible. You know, most any verse, Gerald, that we read, it's been read many times, and a lot of times by ourselves. So I'm, I'm, I don't try to try to come up with some new new verse that nobody's ever heard of, but I sure would like to get a uh, fresh anointing tonight and the Lord come by and just help us all in every way that we need to be helped. Psalms 85 verse 6, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? And um, we know this verse has been used so often times in things. But uh, Back a few weeks ago, and I'll, I'll I won't tell you right now, but I'll tell you a little bit later. I don't know if I had a dream or if I was having a vision. I couldn't tell you. It was too. It was up in the morning. Uh, but I know what I saw, and I know what I feel like God gave me. Amen. 
And uh, it brings me to uh, uh, chapter 3 in the book of Revelation, verses 1 through 6. I want to take my time and read some things, tell you some things. Amen. And unto the church of Sardis write, These things saith he that hath seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful, strengthen things which remain, that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I'll come upon thee. That's by taken by surprise, ain't it? Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And uh, as we know uh, in, in here in, in a, the book of Revelation is, is really a forecast of the future at the time that it was written down. But it takes in the day and hour now. We're in that time. They may give out a forecast that certain, certain hour, there's going to be a storm or something come by, and we watch for it, and sometimes it does, sometimes it don't. And this was a, a forecast of the end times, and it was trying to uh, get people as ready, as ready as possible, and it's talking about church ages here also. So in saying all of that, uh, I want to go back and talk to you just a little bit about this church at, at Sardis. Sardis was a very heavily populated place. It was a city. It had a lot of prosperity and had a lot of opportunity. But in the midst of this, this city that was so full of uh, commerce, trade, and making money and everything, God established a church at Sardis. And uh, it was established in the right way, as far as I know about. And so, uh, it said here that uh, some of the positive things about it, that thou has a name that liveth, had a great reputation. I mean, a great reputation. I'm telling you what, a good reputation means a whole lot, don't it? I mean, having just a good reputation. Reputation as an individual, being honest and upright and, and uh, you know, just that kind of a thing. You're having a great reputation. I, I remember years ago, uh, there was a man that was a, a businessman in Saltville. Uh, there was, used to be a lot of things in Saltville. Furniture stores, clothing stores. I mean, you name it. They, they had a it was better than Walmart. And they had quality goods in some of their stores. Boardwines, men's clothing store. 
uh, Cuddy's shoe stores. Y'all remember all those? Some of us remember that. We didn't have to go out of town, really, to hardly get nothing. It was all right there for us. And, uh, and uh, so there was a, a good reputation. But I remember a fellow that ran a business, he said something like this. He said, I've told different ones that I've always put confidence and trust in the people of Buckeye Holler. said, I never did mind charging to them. Because they everyone always seemed they always wanted to try their best to pay their bills, and 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 that, that was that was sounding pretty good because you know all the reputation, all the stories about Buckeye years ago wasn't the very best. I mean, it was uh, it was had a reputation of uh, if if you wanted to fight and look for a fight, all you had to do to come, and they'd certainly oblige you in just a little while. And so there was some. Things that were positive, and there were some things that was negative. But this church at Sardis had a had a reputation of being a uh, whatever it was. Um, there were some good things. He went on to say that there was some people there that had not defiled their garments. There's people there that were still faithful to God. But even after the reputation. He, he said at the end of this sentence that the church was dead. Now that seems a little confusing. If you confusing to the mind, how can you have a good reputation but being dead at the same time? I've heard people say, oh, so-and-so's dead, just ain't realizing it yet. Y'all have heard people say that? So-and-so's dead and don't realize it yet. I'm not preaching that our church is dead as a whole. But he said in this next verse too, he said there was some things that was still there that was good, and let's take that and build up on it, those things which remain, let's, uh, let's build up on that. But he went on to say in that same verse, I have found thy works, uh, not found thy works perfect before God. There was something lacking somewhere. I tell you what, I think we have a good church. I think we have good people. And I want to do everything that I can to try to help us uh, to be even a better, better church than we've ever been. He said for those that was faithful at this church in Sardis, he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a robe of white to wear. He said, I'll confess your name before my father. Amen. But he said that this church had that reputation, but it was spiritually lifeless. It had people that were coming to church that went through the motion just like Christian people. But if the Lord would come back, they were probably unsaved and die lost right where they was at. Amen. Praise God. I felt, I felt a, a drip out of heaven touch my soul just now. Amen. And, uh, you know, the Bible teaches us there'd be tares among the wheat. Jesus calls them to repent and to wake up and admit, 
I'm not where I ought to be with God. I'm going to tell you tonight, if we're not where we ought to be, it's a good chance we're not where we ought to be to go to heaven. We're not playing horseshoe tonight. We're not playing who's the closest to the peg. Amen. We've played that game before, you know. Then they have those games that they actually measure the shoes. And he calls the church here at Sardis. They need to repent and, and, and wake up from that deep sleep that they're in. Amen. And he puts down here that if he, those that refuse, he said judgment is going to come up on them. Praise God. Sometimes we wait till the, the, the last day judgment where man is... Uh, his soul is cast into outer darkness with the devil and his angels. But there's times in this life that God brings judgment upon people after he has repeatedly offered and, and extended a hand of an arm to reach out and help them and touch them. And when they refuse, sometimes God answers with judgment. Amen. As I said, he encouraged those that were faithful and remained faithful. He said there's a few people left there. Amen. They have lived it. They've, they've been just as faithful all the way through. They have not allowed the influence of the world to distract them away from the Real, true ways that God wants us. We have never lived in a time like we live in right now. The outside influence is, is, is like a, a fellow outside somewhere and there's a bunch of birds and he just picks out one, which one he wants to knock off the limb with his 22. We, along with other churches, are under attack. Amen. He has some that he pulls completely out into the world and they completely lose out with God and church and have no affiliation with it. There are the others that he puts them in a liberal place and they're going through the motion like they have in church. Amen. I'm not saying you have to be dressed like I do to preach or have a necktie on. But I'm going to tell you one thing. In the Old Testament, when the priest went in to minister before God, he had a certain robe he had to wear. Amen. Praise God. And I'll tell you what, ain't nothing wrong with wearing blue jeans to church. Ain't a thing in the world wrong with that. But I can't wear blue jeans and preach here. Now we may have an outing somewhere down on the river, going to have you know have baptized. But I feel like for me, we have got this new religion or way of doing things. 
It's all about being casual. Wear your shirt tail out, roll your sleeves up. That's not a sin necessarily, but it's very disrespectful. Amen? Very disrespectful. Amen. And so, we, we have this influence and people's falling for all of that stuff. You, you can see it everywhere. Everywhere it's happening all around us. Praise God. They, they can't even preach without a big screen behind them. Ain't nothing wrong with showing scriptures, I guess, if you want to. I mean, there may be a time for that. But, but it, it's, it's the thing now that it's got to attract. Those things attract. The lights got to attract. The, the, the drum rolls and the organ music and all of that. It builds up the, the wording of the preacher. Boom, 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 boom. It'll never take the place of the real anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's trying its best. And for those that were like this in the church of Sardis, they're falling for all that stuff. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And I'm a firm believer, if the Spirit of God don't attract us, to worship and lift up our hands and praise God. All these other things are nothing but a bunch of phony stuff. You know when the thousands that got saved in the time of Christ. They didn't rely on even a microphone. I don't know how they heard it, but God made it to where they could hear it. Think about it. You get three, four, five thousand people out there, but all of them try to hear it. God had to amplify their voice. Did he not? He had to be able to do it. And so, here was this dead church as a whole. Good reputation. Oh, that's one of the best churches you've ever seen. Yeah. But is the Spirit of God moving? Is God really a touching? Yeah, we got some people that gets in every now and then. We got the move here and there. But he said, man, I'm going to tell you what. said, but as a whole, things dead are in a hammer. Amen. And so, a few weeks ago, again up in the night, I, again, I didn't know how I was going to preach this. I didn't know when I was going to preach this. I didn't have no clue about it. But yesterday, I was somewhere. I, well, I went over where they was going to vaccinate horses and dogs and stuff. And I had a little business to take care of with a fellow there. And I had talked to him. And Laney and them was there getting some dogs and stuff vaccinated. And I was coming home. And uh, the Lord spoke to my heart and told me, says, go home and study. That's exactly why. When I got to the house, I told Carol, I said, I ain't doing no work. I ain't doing nothing. I said, I'm going to sit right here and study. Because I wanted when the Lord, the Lord felt like gave me. Amen. And so, this is the dream or vision that I have. It was dark. Again, I don't know whether I was awake or not. But I saw 
if I can illustrate it. You know how sometimes people pray like this. I saw a figure of bodies that had their head down on their hand, but it was skeletons. Not every bit of it was skeletons. But from this side, from the somewhere through here, all the way back up through here, I see a skeleton here and a skeleton there and a skeleton there and a skeleton there. And I saw that skeleton. And uh, as I saw that, amen, I realized what it was saying. There was portions of the church, people, that there's really no life in them. I'm not being, I'm not saying that to be, to be whipping anybody. I am saying tonight, I'm just telling you what God showed me and said to tell our church. But do you know what? It don't have to be that way. Praise God. It don't have to be that way. It wasn't meant to be that way. And God showed me that it was probably things going on that I don't even know about. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm going to say this. I don't know what all spirits are that's working among our church, but I'm going to tell you one of them is the lustful spirit. Glory to God. God showed me. God don't show me nothing that ain't, that, that ain't the truth. There's a lustful spirit that's in this church. And God said, if you don't repent, I will bring judgment up on you. Amen. There's another spirit that is caught up with the entertainment of this world. I'm not saying you can't go have fun. But let me tell you tonight, when we have to lay out a church on a regular basis to be involved in an activity... We're too involved. Amen. Praise God. Church should come first. Above everything. I know there's certain circumstances. I ain't talking about that. You understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about uh, habitual offenses. Habit after habit. Time after time. Over and over and over and over and over again. But. it's, It's brought about this deadness. We could be more alive tonight than what we are. I thank God for those that remaineth. I thank God for those that still gets in. I thank God for every time, Brother Howard, that he moves through the service and we feel the presence of God. But I believe tonight with all of my heart, praise God, that it can be better. I've I've said this many times over the years. What is the potential? If we could get the potential of what we could do in this church house with the people that's here, what kind of move would, would be done 
for God. You know this story very well. The Valley of Dry Bone. I'm going to read you some things here. And the hand of the Lord in verse uh, chapter 37, verse 1, was up on me, and he carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the valley which is full of bones. He caused me to pass them round about, and behold, they were very many in the open valley. Lo, they were very dry. Amen. Breaking this down, I'm going to tell you what I see. You don't have a valley or dry bones and dead bones or skeletons unless something's been alive before. That's the results. The results was here that life had left every one of these dry bones. And for them to be dry is a time thing. It, it's saying this, it's been like that for a pretty good while. You know. This has not just happened yesterday. They've been in the hot, scorching sun. They've been in this condition for a long, long period of time. To the time long enough for the bones to be scattered. Amen. They were scattered. I've walked up on carcasses. I know me and Bobby Down, different ones of us have hunted Bobby. We found we found skeletons of and partial skeletons of, of animals that's laid there in the woods and you could tell what it was. But we have seen some. One part be here and you walk a little ways, one pulled over here and one pulled there. They scattered all over. They've been there a while. Something been eating on them, something been chewing on them, something's drug them off. Amen. He said, and he said, uh, they're very dry. And the Lord was talking to Ezekiel. And he said, Son of man, I want to ask you a question. They had an option here, I feel like. We would just take them out and bury them, forget about it, and just, you know, leave it like it is. Or do you think there could be any life ever come back in these bones again? Can these bones ever live again? I'm going to tell you what. It's a hard thing to bring life back into something like that. But he asked, uh, this, he asked this, uh, this preacher this, and the preacher said, well, so many words, I don't know, but Lord, thou knowest. I mean, it's going to be up to you if it is, because I can't do it. And I'm going to tell you tonight, my preaching, anybody else's preaching ain't going to do nobody no good until they respond to the Word of God. When it was preached to me, I had to respond. He said, uh, and again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones. And he said to say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bone, preaching to dry bones. What would you expect to go to the cemetery and stand out there and preach all, preach a revival? Nobody there but just the graves. You'd probably feel like it probably wouldn't be much response. 
Wouldn't be no hallelujahs. Wouldn't be no glory to God's. Wouldn't be no praise Lord. Wouldn't be no special singing. Wouldn't be no testifying. Just the preacher. So he looks upon this congregation, as I'm going to say, of dry bones. He says, I'm going to tell you what. He says, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones. He's talking to all the bones now. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I've come to help you. Can I tell you tonight, God is doing everything he can to help, help our church be a better church. I'm not in the criticizing mode. I'm not in the spanking mode or the whipping mode. But I'm just trying to bring life back into the bones that if they're partially dead, half dead, or all the way dead, I don't care what condition they're in, but I'd like to see them back to shouting again. I'd like to see God moving up on them again. I'd like to see them to let the world get let go of the world and get close to God, but I can't do it. But God, they got to do it for themselves. He says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you another chance. He says, I'm going to give you one more chance. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do to these bones. In so many words, it's saying like this, I'm going to send one revi- another revival your way. That's what he's saying. He said, I'm going to bring a revival to you one more time. And it's going to be up to you what you make out of it. Amen. Praise God. Y'all catch up. Praise God. One more time. You was born once in this world. Amen. Praise God. And you've died. But I'm going to see that you give you one more chance to do it over. And do it right this time. Amen. Wonder how many of us he's done that away. Give us one more chance to do it right. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God for that other opportunity. Praise God. If thou repentest not, Judgment is soon to come. You have an opportunity this night to come to this altar and pour your heart out to God and repent. If you fail to repent, there will be judgment come upon you. Praise God. Praise God. We're in a serious service here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He says, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to cause breath to come into you. You're going to live. I'm going to put sin you muscle. I'm going to bring flesh upon you. And everybody around is going to know that life's come back into you. Amen. And you shall know that I'm the Lord. So Ezekiel said, 
I obeyed the Lord. I prophesied unto these as you commanded me. And breath came into them. Tonight, I'm not Ezekiel. Not nothing close to it. No word. Not even in a letter close to a man like that. But I am telling our church tonight that we got skeletons running around here. They look like they're praying. But it ain't nothing but a put on. It's time to get real serious. Let God breathe that breath of fresh life back into our soul that we can feel the presence of God. We can shout the victory. We can lift our, our, our voice and praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. And he says, I'll bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin. Put the breath in, you shall live. And you'll know that I'm the Lord. Amen. He prophesied. And he said, and life and breath came into them. And they stood up on their feet. An exceeding great army. I'm going to tell you about this army. An army is not just to put on a uniform. An army is to fight defense when they have to fight defense and to fight offense when they're called on to fight offense. He said, there's a mighty army, a valley full of dry bones. It goes on to say what happens? Joint starts coming to joint. Amen. Amen. That's right. And you know what? There was the, such scattered that probably wasn't enough uh, doctors in the world if it was in a natural could have went in there and matched up whose bone went where. But the God that I'm serving, He's able to put every bone back just like who it needs to be in. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We find in the book of Judges there was a battle that went on. Amen. A man by the name of Samson. He had fought with the jawbone of an ass. He had heaps upon heaps of people that he had slain. Amen. I mean, he slew a thousand men with that jawbone. And in verse 18 it says, After... And he was so athirst and called on the Lord and says, Thou hast given great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. Now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw and there came out water thereout. Um, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again and he revived. I'm going to tell you what. We, we sometimes get, I ain't say tired of preaching, but we get weary and broken. We sometimes, we pull, we tug, we pray. We're trying to get to church, but I'm looking for the day when He gives me that thirst, praise God, after the battle, praise God, and He comes by and He gives Buckeye Hollow Church a revival of that good spiritual water to come by and give us a refreshing Give us a newness. Give us that. I believe we're right at the threshold of it. Praise God. Amen. 
you pick it up in service after service. And I'm so thankful that God's been a moving just like he has. But I'm going to tell you what. Sometimes the reputation may exceed our real spirituality. Amen. We don't want it to be that way, do we? There's not a person in here that I believe with all my heart tonight that would want to just, that we had a, had a reputation, but not live up to the reputation. And so, I've preached to you what little few words that I felt like the Lord would have me to say to you. Amen. And I'm telling you, I, I'm not criticizing, I'm not fussing, I'm not being mean. I'm trying to just make us aware. God, I mean, if it's me, Lord, search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. Let, let me see. If, if, am, I, am I where I really need to be? Amen. And so, give us a song. We're just going to have an open altar service where everybody wants to come pray around the altar for a little while. Amen. Praise God. But I tell you what. I'd sure take advantage of it. I'd sure take advantage of it. And ask God, God, revive us again. Praise God. Breathe that breath of life. Amen. Lord, I want to be a soldier in that army that you had. Lord, I, I, want, to, I want to help the church fight the devil. I want to help the church win lost souls. I want to help the church to, 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 to grow. Amen. We have already exceeded what the devil said we was going to be able to do. Now, I'm not complaining. What? Caleb, what's it been? 14 years? 14 years since we bought the land. 15 years this September since we bought that property up there. It's been a long haul. You think the devil ain't come by and talk to me, try to? You think in all of that? We've had family members in our immediate family. The backslide, divorce, go the ways of the world, lose out with God. I ain't asking them to feel sorry for nothing. That ain't it. God's helped us. But I'm telling you what, it's been a fight. Brother Roger knows what I'm talking about. He was with me one day. I've cried from here to Pigeon Forge and cried all the way back more than one time. But I know, and, and it's about like when they was building the walls and they said, you know what? No better job than y'all doing. Foxes come by and tear that thing down. Hey, you think you're going to build a church like that on hot dogs? Yeah. 
been made fun of. One family member told me not too long ago, said, Wade said, so many words that I thought you bit off more than you could chew. No, I didn't bite it off. God said it. I, I know Sister Margaret passed on now. I don't know the exact conversation, Virgil, y'all's having. But something was asked her, questions. says, you think they'll ever build a church? She said, if the Lord's in it, they will. That was her response. Guess what? <laughs> Praise God. It's proved out, hasn't it? Amen. It's proved out. I've been asked this question. How many people you think you can see to birth that church? I said, well, in the bottom pews, around 300, maybe 20 some, 30 on the stage. I know, and, and I know some people, but you know there's some people that say, why they build a church that big? We build it on hope. That's what we're building it on. You know those that, that army that's dead? I'm looking for God to raise that army up. Hey, you know what? God could fill that church and two or three more like it. Just like that. If we get that army that's laying out there in this world, the backsliders, and all of those, amen. Brother Mike Roberts told me they built their church, and then Brother Post and all during about the same time we started building church. They've been in theirs a long time. Brother Mike Roberts told me he's already gone on with the Lord. He said, you know what, Brother Wade, he said, I didn't know the devil. He said, I always knew he was mean. But said, I didn't know how mean he really was until I took a job of trying to build a new church. They went through a lot of things just like we have. In their personal, in their own family. A lot of things. And, uh, but you know what? God was still in it. God was still in it. If God says it, it'll be. And so tonight, it just do us good. Just come around and pray a little while. Just ask God. Say, God help me. Lord, I ain't saying we're backslidden. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm saying, Lord, if I'm not really where I need to be, could you help me get there? Amen. So as they sing a song, let's just, altar's open. If you'd like to come pray. Tomorrow is just home credit. There's no guarantee on life. You could be gone in a moment. When your time comes to die, you also know that Christ is coming. Oh, indeed. 
if you're left behind, you wish for a little bit more time while there's still time. Make up your mind, you can't be high. While there's still time, while there's still time, make up your mind. You can be happy living on the borderline, and if you want. While there's still time If you're saved Then you're invited To spread the news around Tell your friends That you love so much That time is running out Oh, just listen to his tender voice he's calling to you now draw closer to me child while there's still time while there's still time well make up your While there's still time, while there's still time, oh, make up your mind. You can't be happy living on the borderline. Oh, if you want. While there's still time Well, tomorrow is just home credit There's no guarantee in life You could be gone in a moment 
When your time comes to die, you also know that Christ is coming. Oh, and if you're left behind, oh, how you'll wish for a little bit more time. Oh, while there's still time, oh, make up your mind. Well, you can't be happy living on the borderline. Oh, if you want While there's still time, while there's still time, oh, make up your mind, oh, you can't be happy living on the borderline, oh, if you want While there's still time, 